Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. All right, we're live. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. You got your host here, Justin Townsend, and across the table from me is our very own Canadian counterpart, Adam Berkelman. Hello. So we are uh, down south in North Texas. It's fun to say down south and north in the same thing, but uh, we are at our Wild Pig Skills Camps here in, uh, in Texas, and this is the... Uh, next to the last day, so everybody will depart tomorrow morning on Sunday, but pretty successful camp so far. Uh, it's very warm down here, lots of sunshine, and uh, a little bit of rain, a lot of pigs, a lot of eating delicious uh, wild pork, and just really having a good time. I spent uh, two days chasing Axis deer around the ranch uh, to no success, but still a really good adventure to get out on a big chunk of land and uh, try to spot and stalk some axis deer. So that was quite the adventure. And then Adam, what's uh, what have you been up to here at the camp? Well, I spent this morning drinking a coffee, watching a big herd of axis deer walk right by me <laughs> while you were still in bed. So that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and mostly I've been uh, just cooking up a storm like I usually do. Um, getting lots of cool ingredients to cook with and a uh, really good crew of people here uh, as guests just willing to try everything out. So um, tried something new this camp, uh, pig testicles. Yeah, uh, that was, how did, how did that go over? Pretty good. I think mostly everyone tried them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just poached them in butter and then crisped them up in a cast iron pan. So pretty simple. And yeah, they were nice. There's nothing too weird or offensive about the flavor if i know it was it was really mild i enjoyed yeah. it like a lot yeah i'm not one who would ever trick anyone into eating anything but if i hadn't said anything i don't think anyone would have ever have guessed that they were testicles no and i'd like your differentiating marks on the plate you had one <laughs> side had a sticky note of a tongue and which was a you know pork tongue and then the other side had a picture of what looked like a uh, sack for the testicles <laughs> um 
so it was very clear what it was and and we were very vocal but yeah that's like our first uh our first night of camp uh when everybody arrives on thursday we get them out on the shooting range and then uh have a nice little like hors d'oeuvres set up and it's usually all the all the wobbly bits uh we can we can harvest from the pigs so you end up getting like watch out there's spider right there Ooh. <laughs> uh, you get all the like wobbly bits, um, you know, like liver, heart, all those fun, delicious things, kidneys, head, um, head uh, tongue. Make, tongue, testicles. Uh, we haven't done spleen yet. I don't know. I'm, I might I might cook it up tonight and see yeah, how it goes. We'll see. And then Saturday night we're uh, we have a reputation for our delicious like smorgasbord of of things that we put out. So we've got some uh uh, some alligator boudin. We've got some uh, bison summer sausage. We've got some alligator. We've got some moose. Uh, and then we've got axis deer, oryx uh, that we'll be cooking up for everybody tonight. So, And trout. Oh, and some, yeah, fresh caught trout. Fresh caught trout. So we'll have that available uh, for like kind of an evening, uh, just hang out before everybody gets ready to depart in the morning. And usually Saturday night's kind of a late night. Everybody uh, get in their pigs butchered and uh, into vac seal bags. So we can get them in the freezer overnight to get a good freeze on them before they travel on Sunday. Um, let's see, with that. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Man, that spider's just all about your drink. I've been buddies with this guy for the day, the morning. He's pretty interesting. He's a big jumping spider with uh, bright white eyes. He's been hanging around me all morning. He's been eyeing you up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so well, I don't really want to spend much time talking about the pig camp other than the fact that we're here. And so Adam and I decided to to, to huddle up together and uh, record this podcast. But I will give one last plug. So our December camp does have about nine seats left open um that camps uh you know the camp's great uh december camp weather a little different than may right now it's really hot uh you get some afternoon storms stuff like that uh i wouldn't say hot warm yeah um it's quite lush compared to yeah december's a, a little drier it did rain a lot uh last december camp which was still fine we still had a good success rate with everybody with their pigs um and then everybody got the opportunity to shoot pigs, just somewhere unsuccessful in that. Um, dude, you are way more patient than I am with this spider. I'm not a spider person, no. so. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on him. Yeah, keep him on your side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, outside of that, we did some filming for the Sporting Chef. So big news, uh, Harvest in Nature will have eight segments on the Sporting Chef show. So that will air on Sportsman's uh, channel and Outdoor Channel, as well as uh, My Outdoor TV uh, it's an app uh, you can get through Amazon, I believe, and watch them there. We were on last season's uh, show in the fall, had a few segments there, but definitely not as well thought through and produced uh, as as this year's uh, segments will be. So that'll air in the August time period on those channels. I believe they come out like Mondays or something like that. But we'll we'll keep everybody posted on that. But a lot of really good. We dove instead of doing uh, cooking or stuff we went with some culinary tips so really like tips about meat handling and processes and things like that so we really tried to not cook for you but instead like show you how to improve on your cooking techniques and 
how meat care can lead to better results in the kitchen. So really interesting to get some feedback on that and see how you guys liked it. But it, it should be it's it's wonderfully produced and beautiful content. Of course, the the host uh, is very handsome as well. Uh, so it's it's nice to see uh, uh, to see myself on the big screen, which I never thought uh, I would see. I guess I don't know. Do you call cable TV the big screen? Sure, for these purposes. Yeah, for these purposes, <laughs> no need to correct it. Um, but what I really wanted to uh, huddle up with Adam and, and talk about because we've got a separate project sort of dealing in this topic. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about cooking by cuts. And what we mean by that is taking what you would see like grocery store cuts or uh, commonly known cuts from the animal. So let's just run through a couple. So like thinking through the front shoulder, you've got like your your tenderloin. and Or sorry, not your tenderloin. <laughs> that is not on the front shoulder. Uh, your mock tender you and your flat iron steak. Um, you got your shanks, you've got your Denver steak there hanging out behind the shoulder blade. So really identifying those cuts and then creating, uh, gearing our recipes more towards those cuts, which would be cut similarly you would see in the grocery store or at the butcher counter if they're very specific. Um, we're bringing like a very approachable mindset when you think about that. And so working on the project, dealing with those, but we said, Hey, you know what? We're going to switch up our podcast content a little bit over the next year and we're going to break down those cuts individually in an episode. And what I want to do is I want to go through like the culinary history of the cut, like how it came to be named, how it came to be uh, popularized, talk a little bit about how you get the cut off animals and what animals you would find it on, what animals, you know, you may not find a good usable piece depending on size. And then talk about some recipes with it. Like what specifically can, excuse me, what specifically can you do with this cut uh, from a game animal that will just like enhance, enhance the meal, enhance the flavor and really think it from a perspective of like cooking to the cut versus just having a piece of meat from the processor labeled steak or, you know, roast, roast or whatever and really identifying those yeah it's uh getting your meat back from the processor and having we made the joke before that they only have three stamps available uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> steaks roast and burger or ground i blame the stamp industry yeah. <laughs> but the it really makes a big difference in your cooking because if you're cooking a random steak there's so many different types of steaks within an animal and each one's going to cook a little bit differently, and each one has different things you want to look for, different textures, different toughness levels, different fat levels. And to have everything just labeled steak doesn't make any sense to us. And we think that if you're able to process your own and able to label it to the proper cut and one that you can associate with the cuts in the grocery store, you're going to just elevate your wild game cooking to the next level. Um, you're going to be cooking the right, using the right method for every single cut on that animal. And you're going to really, really notice a difference. Yeah. And I think too, from like an approachability standpoint, um, looking at it this way is something that, 
you know, obviously harvesting nature on our website. We have a ton of recipes. I think what we have like over 500 recipes on there. Uh, like yeah. We did the math recently. Uh, so we have like over 500 wild fish and game recipes, which is phenomenal. I think probably one of the deepest index of recipes, I would say, uh, maybe aside from like Hank uh, and you. Yeah. Yeah. On your, <laughs> sorry. So within the top three. Uh, despite some rankings that some random website put out and put us at number 10. 10. Yeah, uh, I don't agree Nonsense. with that. But um, you can also, by the way, buy your way to the top of that recipe so or the recipe list, which I think is very interesting. So food for thought when you're looking at that. Um, I was going in the direction that... Uh, so while you can go browse the major resources and look for... Um, very game specific things. If you have, if you think about it from the standpoint of the cut, right? So say I want to do a bottom round um, and I'm looking for a bottom round recipe. Well, I can type in, in the search bar, bottom round recipe, and I will get a recipe likely for a beef bottom round or a, uh, maybe a pork bottom round, or I think they would call it a different cut on a pork, but, um, or, you know, maybe goat or something like some sort of similar thing. Um, and you would you would find an animal relatively similar and understanding that game requires different nuance. But you could take that recipe and apply it to that cut from a deer or a wild pig. So you, you, it opens up your aperture and uh, allows you to sort of widen what you're searching for, but still giving some specificity. I can't say that word. Specificity. <laughs> no, I can't <laughs> either. Apparently, yet. <laughs> some specifics in order to like dial down, you know, the composition. Because like, yeah, so it gives you a bit of a focal point with also like looking at it from the perspective that a beef bottom round, for the most part can be very similar uh, in its makeup to uh, a venison bottom round. But understanding those nuances that games provide, like generally it's going to be leaner, you're not going to have as much fat, you're going to have different, you know, size difference is going to play into factor, things like that. But I think generally you can expect, uh, you can use the bottom round of a cow for the same thing you can use the bottom round of a venison for. Yeah. Because like in the kitchen it's going to perform the same. It's more, you'd be better off using the same recipe for, say, a beef bottom round to, for an elk recipe mm-hmm. with using bottom round than a beef bottom round versus a beef ribeye. Yeah. So it's more like a similar cut from another animal than it is another cut on the same animal. Yep. Yeah. So cooking by cut, you can really break it down into the, you can really spread it across several animals and, uh, and use that make your recipes far more versatile i think yeah and i I think it's that's a to me it obviously makes sense uh from an approach and i I think we'll see uh i think we'll see that you will agree to as we roll it out so i would say look for that uh episode and in beginning in the first couple weeks we'll probably oh and also too uh so cooking by cuts we're not gonna just stay with the meat cuts we're gonna spend some time on uh on the innards, the wobbly bits, the organs, the offal, whatever, quarter. the fifth quarter, whatever you want to call it, um, and really just dive deep in there. That way we build this good index of reference uh, for those that are really getting into the butchering aspect and want to learn more about uh, processing your own meat. You can obviously come to one of our camps and you're going to spend 
you know, out of a weekend, you're probably going to spend about half of it learning about uh, cooking and butchering uh, animals. But you can also tap into the resources that we'll have on this podcast and listen for those that have long commutes to work or like to put our show on in the background while you're doing chores around the house or sitting in the hunting stand, whichever way. Um, we just want to give you some some depth and breadth of uh, access to knowledge uh, that you wouldn't otherwise get. So, I don't know, do you have any last thoughts? We'll keep this nice and short and sweet. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's, it's something that I've employed for a long time in, in building recipes where I acquire a wild game that I've never cooked before, and I, I'm looking for inspiration online, different recipes, I'll often look for international recipes using a different animal but the same cut, and I've had uh, a lot of success doing that. Which brings about a whole other element, because in other countries, these cuts are called different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, what was it the other day? I told you I was researching uh, lomo saltado, uh, which is a Peruvian dish, and I was kind of digging into try to figure out what to do with a specific cut. So I was doing some research and I landed on that and I was like, Oh, you know, I really, I really enjoy that dish from my time down in Peru. Like it's uh, got that great sauce. It's a good example of like the Asian and Latin American sort of fusion. Um, and you get like crispy fried potatoes in there. Like it's just a really yummy dish. And, uh, I started doing some more research and digging in more into like what cuts they're using. And there was a, there's a specific cut uh, with a Spanish name and what it ended up being was the mock tender Hmm. from like the front part of the shoulder, which was ironic because that's what cut I was using for this recipe. And it was just cool to see it. Like I thought that this would be a good cut for this recipe. And then to do the research and find out that traditionally that's the cut that's used for this recipe. And so I was like, wow, that's just something, something neat just from like the culinary food history side that you see of like, wow, this actually makes sense as you start thinking about it. And people, it's not just me. It's not, it's not my bright idea. Somebody <laughs> thought about this a long time ago. So, yeah, I think if you listen to, to this podcast series, uh, Cooking by Cut, when it's time for you to butcher your next elk or your deer, um, it'll give you some ideas, some recipes that you might want to want to try out, and you'll have what you want to make in mind while you're butchering. And yeah. that really helps. You can you can pinpoint exactly what you want, cut it the way you want, and set it aside for those recipes later on. So we're hoping to inspire you with some some ideas for your next your next wild game. Yeah, and I think it's good to give it like a bit of forethought too, because mm-hmm. yeah, once you once you break them down into smaller cuts or throw them in the grind pile, like there's no going back. Yeah, you can meat glue some things, but you can't meat glue <laughs> ground meat back together. Uh, I don't know that you'd want to. Yeah. Um, let's see. Outside of that, uh, I had one more thought and it slipped away from me. Oh, also, we'll we'll continue to have podcast guests. So uh, we'll we'll take breaks in between the cooking by cuts, and we'll introduce podcast guests and stick with just our general theme of wild food and and really touching base with that aspect. But uh, I want to highlight this as like a component of a series of what we're doing to focus on the meat cuts and uh, really just spread the love. So. Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts too. If you hear an episode and and get a particular cut that 
that your grandfather used to cook, your grandmother, or, or someone back home from another country did, or you know anything interesting about it that you might have in your family family lineage or your own personal um, life, we'd love to hear about it. So make sure you let us know. Yeah, and we, we always love questions. Uh, I generally will read all the emails and either respond to you via email or I'll say, hey, we'll address that on a podcast episode, you know, uh, you know, stay in touch, stay listening, but you can always reach us at what's cooking at harvestingnature.com. That's our general email box, which a bunch of us have access to. And then you can always ping us on social media. So harvesting nature on Instagram, harvesting nature on Facebook. We have a LinkedIn for those that like LinkedIn, uh, what uh, Pinterest, Tumblr, uh, any of those avenues. If you just send us a message somewhere, we'll, somebody will answer it and track it down. There's a bunch of people that have eyes, uh, on those platforms and we stay pretty engaged but i think outside of that i think that's all i've uh all i've got so yeah thanks everybody for listening i hope you if you're not subscribed already please punch that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to and uh also too don't forget to leave us a review those five star reviews help bump it up for us uh get more knowledge out there to more people using those magical logarithms uh, out in in the universe um, and please let us know uh, what you like tell us what we're doing wrong or you know tell us what we're doing right thanks everybody have a good day when you go out there and the fish are where you think they are any one of these casts could be the bite it's the most exciting fishing that i know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop, and the smells of Cajun cooking. From the Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.